Hello, friends. Paul White here. Welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast, the DDP for the 15th day of September. We're halfway through the ninth month of the year. I know it flies by. It always flies by. As you get older, the time just gets away from you. But, you know, the old saying, time flies when you're having fun. Um, This year has been fun for me in this journey through the Gospel of Mark. And uh, I look back over my date notes of the year. I, I write down every day, just jot down what we, what verse we did that day or whatever, just so I can kind of have a reference point as the year goes along. And it's remarkable to me how quickly this has flown by. I, I, I've been getting some feedback from people who have talked about how the gospel of Mark will never look the same to them, how they've increased in their appreciation for it and the time that they're spending in the gospel of Mark. And I think those are wins as far as I'm concerned. You, If we've inspired you to take another look at the gospel of Mark, or if, and this is even better, we've inspired you to take a look at the Jesus of the gospel of Mark, well, that's even greater. And so, and I think that's happened. In fact, I know that's happened. And if it hasn't happened for you, it has happened for me. I've had quite a journey through the, the gospel of Mark. Mark had been one that I had not really closely investigated in a while, many, many years ago, early in my radio days, I remember, and I'm talking way back in the 90s, I, I remember doing a, a walk through through the gospel of Mark. And now I can't imagine some of the things I said in that journey. I'm glad the I'm glad the tapes have been destroyed, as they say. But uh, anyhow, um, it's not been for lack of enjoying the book. It's just been other things over the years. And so when I felt compelled to come to get into this, I I really had no idea how deep it would run. Um, Because I always had, and this is confession time, I've always had the the impression that of the four Gospels, Mark was the, the least interesting, maybe the shallowest. Part of that is because of its length. It's the shortest. Part of that is because it doesn't have a, a much of a speaking Jesus. Part of that is because it doesn't have much unique material. The, the other Gospels contain stuff that Mark doesn't, but Mark doesn't contain much that the other Gospels do not. They, a little bit here and there, but it's it's minor. Well, of course, as I've gotten older and, you know, got a little better studied, I come to the realization that Mark might be that way because Mark is the first. And so when Mark laid it down, it was a lot of material. <laughs> it was it, only when the subsequent gospels begin to sort of stack on top, do you start to say, "Ooh, Mark's, Mark doesn't say as much. Well, you don't when you're first. And what comes later is the filling in of the material. It's like telling the basic story. If you're the first to tell it, wow. Well, then as the subsequent years go and the story gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and I'm not trying to insinuate that Matthew, Luke, and John are making things up. I'm saying that they, they start to fill in the gaps and then their stories get more colorful. Uh, that's actually caused me to have a greater appreciation for Mark, for what he's trying to do. And that's lay down the first biographical sketch of Jesus in the early church. We don't know exactly when it happened, but the fact that he's first has has tilted, in my opinion, towards my greater appreciation. Today, I want to cover one verse from Mark sixteen thirty eight. Jesus has just died, literally just died, breathed his last in verse 37. Verse 38, 
Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Right down the street from where Jesus dies. Now, if Golgotha is actually in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, it's not that far from the Temple Mount. If Golgotha is at the place now known as the Garden Tomb with its adjoining Caves of the Skull, a spot just to the northwest of the Old City, then if that's the case, then the temple's considerably farther from, from this place. In either case, wherever Golgotha was, we have this knowledge from Mark, who wants to throw this in, and you know it's for more than to fill out the story, that down the street at the temple, in the space between the holy place and the most holy place, a curtain goes from the top to the bottom. And that curtain, that veil, separates the holy place, which is where the priests do their day-to-day work with the incense, the showbread, the candlesticks. Behind that curtain is the most holy place, where up until several hundred years before Christ, the Ark of the Covenant rested. The Ark of the Covenant has been gone for a long time, and the New Testament, outside of the book of Hebrews, doesn't even bother with it. Hebrews recounting that Ark of the Covenant tells a little bit about it. But in Jesus' day, we don't have Jesus talking about it. Uh, We don't have it being an issue that the Apostle Paul, Peter, James all go into. But what we do know is that the temple, as long as it was standing up until August of AD 70, had a veil that separated the two rooms, the holy place from the most holy place. And the mystique behind that curtain was as valuable as if there was an Ark of the Covenant there. In fact, they, the, Josephus speaks about when Titus finally got to the temple, just like in Antiochus Epiphanes IV back hundreds of years before Christ, both of those invaders couldn't wait to get into the holy place to see what was back there. And Titus was supremely disappointed that he gets back into the holy place and there's nothing behind the curtain. It's just a, a blank space. So, But the mystique of that place, to the Jewish mind, that was where God lived. That's the seat. Mark throws this in that when Jesus dies, the veil tears in two from top to bottom. And what it tells us as Christians, what, what Mark is saying in so many words, is that the death of Jesus is the final and definitive sacrifice for sin. Hebrews 7.27 tells us as much. The old dispensation of the covenant of grace, or as we would often call it, the Mosaic covenant, a covenant of law, uh, that old dispensation has been brought to an end, and no longer is there a need for the high priest to go into the most holy place once a year to atone for the sins of the people. He doesn't have to do that anymore because Jesus is the new and eternal high priest. Jesus is the perfect sacrificial victim, and he has obtained what Hebrews 9 calls eternal redemption. You don't need a curtain to separate you from the place of of redemption if the redemption is eternal. In Judaism of old, on the Day of Atonement, the sacrifice was brought into the most holy place. But in a new world, a new heaven and a new earth, not one that we're anticipating out in the future, but one we have access to now. We have entered in boldly into the throne room of His grace. because The veil has been rent 
And it's top to bottom, Mark says, kind of a way of saying man didn't have anything to do with this. If man ripped it, he'd rip it from the bottom to the top because that's all he could reach. Top to bottom was Mark's sort of shade at this is God's way. We meet the centurion at the foot of the cross tomorrow, and we introduce the sermon you can expect to see this weekend. See you tomorrow. God bless.